Watching the Washington Commanders this weekend, you're going to see a lot of 12 personnel and a lot of motion out of the Atlanta Falcons, but that's not all you'll see. That and more coming up right now on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, Commanders fans, to this episode of Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. And don't forget that you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can continue this conversation by becoming a Locked On Commanders insider. Join the Locked On Commanders insiders where you get news, the inside scoop, and exclusive content delivered directly to your phone. Plus, one-on-one conversations with me via text. I'm always excited to welcome new insiders to the club, and I've had some really great conversations and interactions with Commanders fans through this new program that goes beyond the show. Join the Locked On Commanders insiders now and be in the know all the time. Just go to joinsubtext.com slash Commanders to sign up, and you can text with me, David Harrison, your host, and on Twitter uh, at DHarrison82. Credential member of the media covering Washington Commanders for CommanderCountry.com, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, and I'm here with you every Monday through Friday along with our everydayers. And as always, I appreciate your continued support for the show. Today's episode of Locked On Commanders brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use the promo code LockedOnNFL, all lowercase, for a first deposit match up to $100. This is a Friday episode. It's dropping a little bit late because I was doing a whole lot of film study on the Atlanta Falcons. I didn't want to rush it. I wanted to get it done right. So I'm dropping this on Saturday to make sure I give you the most thorough work I can give you on this final preview episode of this weekend's matchup between the Commanders and the Atlanta Falcons. I'll give you my three keys to a Washington victory, and we're going to go over the final injury report on both sides of this matchup. But first, we got to talk tendencies, specifically what the Atlanta Falcons offense likes to do in their first 15 plays of the game and inside the red zone. So we know the red zone, obviously, super important. It's where you score your points for the most part. And your first 15 plays of the game, usually scripted, uh, that's kind of a deliberate, this is what we want to get established coming into this game. So I wanted to look at both of those times of the game against the Atlanta Falcons. I looked at, and you look, the pro scouts, the coaches, they're looking at the last five, they're the entire season. They're looking at last year, coaching tendencies, doesn't like they're looking at all kinds of take because they got a staff. I'm one dude. So I looked at the last two games. Basically, what have you done against me lately? Uh, if you're playing against the Atlanta Falcons. So the first 15 against the Houston Texans, which the Atlanta Falcons won last week, 21 to 19 on a game winning field goal by uh place kicker, young way First 15 plays of that game. Uh, that took place in Atlanta, six passes, eight runs, one penalty. So that is a 15th play. It was a penalty because they called that play. So I wanted to keep it organic to the first 15 uh, play call script. Three trick plays in those first 15. One trick play on a pass, a double reverse pass that has become all the rage all of a sudden. And two runs, a jet sweep by a receiver and a quarterback sweep, which you know quarterback sweeps are more commonplace nowadays. Even jet sweeps are more commonplace nowadays, but still kind of considered trick plays uh, for these purposes. They were in 12 personnel seven times, 11 personnel six times, 10 personnel two times. And again, 11 personnel, one running back, one tight end, 12 personnel, one running back, two tight ends, 10 personnel, one running back, no tight end. So for the most part, 12 personnel, which matches their tendencies for the season. Now, they motioned into 22 personnel three times, 21 personnel twice, 12 personnel twice, and 13 personnel one time. Unfortunately, that 13 personnel snap or what was it? It wasn't even snap. The 13 personnel play calls where they got the offsides penalty. So I didn't get to see what play they run. 
uh, out of there for your first 15. I was really excited for that, but unfortunately, uh, one of the Texans defenders decided to get a head start. Eight of the first 15 plays called last week against Houston shifted from one personnel grouping to another. So not just using motion, but literally shifting your entire formation. And they always got bigger, always got more condensed. So they're looking to run with more beef and they're looking to protect Desmond Ritter as much as possible. They used motion of some sort on all 15 of their first 15 plays last weekend. Eight of eight runs. So they they ran the ball eight times again, right? Eight of those eight, all of those eight were outside zone runs or sweeps, including a quarterback sweep for a touchdown and a jet sweep with Scotty Miller, uh, who I'm very familiar with from his time with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Four of the six times they passed, they used play action, uh, which is something we saw a lot from the Chicago Bears. Desmond Ritter targeted flat-breaking routes on each of his first five pass attempts in that game last weekend. So when I say flat-breaking routes, I'm talking about flats, obviously. I'm talking about screens. I'm talking about stop routes, even though they're not really a break. You're kind of just stopping in place. Outs, ins, digs, uh, drags, basically anything running horizontal to the line of scrimmage versus vertical uh, in those first 15, four or all of those passes in the first 15 were uh, for Desmond Ritter were flat breaking routes, horizontal breaking routes. Desmond Ritter threw five of those six passes. Again, there was a receiver, double receiver uh, pass in there uh, as well off of a double reverse. So that was Houston's tendencies. Against the Jacksonville Jaguars the week before, Atlanta lost that game 23-7. to In the first 15 plays, six passes, eight runs, one penalty. Sound familiar? It should. It's the exact same split from last week. So the last two weeks, they have passed the ball six times, run the ball eight times, and drawn an offsides penalty on one play in the first 15, both games. So uh, coincidence? Probably not. They used 10 personnel against Jacksonville, though, five times. So 10 personnel is actually used the least uh, against the, uh, the, uh, the Houston Texans. 10 personnel used the most against the Jacksonville Jaguars. 11 twice, 12 ties twice, 21 personnel twice, 22 personnel twice, and uh, and, and they went empty uh, as well in there. They used motion on 12 of the 15 plays. So, again, they like to use motion. Five of the six runs were outside zone runs or sweeps. Again, three of the eight pass plays used play action. Seven of the eight were stop routes or horizontal routes. There was one vertical route that Desmond Ritter threw in the first 15 plays against the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, and he was late on it. And honestly, he fixated on it. There wasn't, a, there wasn't a progression. He was fixated on it. He was late on it, and uh, Drake London on the route had inside leverage against his, his defensive back. Now, granted, with the route that he was running, you want him to get outside leverage, but he had inside leverage. The DB won the outside leverage. So as a quarterback, you want to throw it ahead of him because he's, he's ahead of the defensive back, defensive back and throw it inside. He threw it outside and he threw it short. So uh, not a good route, uh, good throw on the one vertical route I've seen in the past 30 first plays of the game. So the first 30 in the past two games, the first 15 from each of the last two games. So the first 30 in the past two games, 12 passes, 16 runs, two penalties drawn. They they pulled the defenders offsides twice. Uh, literally, again, the same count for each game, which cannot be a coincidence. They use 10 personnel seven times. They use 12 personnel seven times. So they're either trying to spread you out by using 10 personnel, no tight ends, or they're trying to condense and protect by using 12 personnel. They motioned on 27 of 30. So you're going to see a lot of motion out of the Atlanta Falcons here early on. And 13 of the 16 runs were sweeps or outside zone runs. So those edge players, the second level uh, pursuit from Cody Barton, Jamin Davis, uh, Cam Curl when he's the Buffalo nickel, going to be incredibly important this weekend. Seven of the 12 passes use play action. Again, something we saw a lot of from the Chicago Bears. And 12 of Ritter's 13 passes in the first 30 plays of the past two games all went to horizontal breaking routes. He does not like vertical routes, especially early in the game. So that's the first 15. 
What about the red zone? Arguably more important to essentially setting the tone in the first 15 is important, but so is winning in the red zone. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On Commanders brought to you by Jace Medical, who believes that everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides you five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so you're not just hoping you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure that you have that medication you might need in hand, and Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. So don't get caught unprepared. In today's world, you've got pandemics, you got weather, you got travel delays. You might have an issue and your doctor might be out of town. It doesn't have to be an end-of-the-world apocalyptic type of scenario for you to need some life-saving antibiotics in a pinch. Jace Case with Jace Medical will help you do that. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional $20 off by using the promo code Locked On at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com, promo code Locked On. Thanks again for making a lot of commanders your first listen or view today and every day at every dares. As always, I greatly appreciate you for coming through on a consistent basis like you do. Football season is here and Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On NFL kickoff live. Every Friday, Locked On goes live at, at 2 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On NFL YouTube channel. And your hosts are breaking down every game on the NFL schedule to get you ready for your team's matchup your fantasy lineups, your betting angles, and more. Plus, get the in-depth local analysis from our stable of NFL hosts across the country who know these teams better than anyone else. Find Locked On NFL Kickoff Live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern on any Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Uh, so if you missed this weekend, you can go check out what those folks think about the Atlanta Falcons-Washington Commanders game. If you want to know what I thought about the game with uh, Locked On Falcons host Aaron Freeman, Crossover Thursday, our previous episode to this one. Now, let's take a look at the Atlanta Falcons red zone offense from what I saw again last two weeks uh, against the Jacksonville Jaguars going back two weeks ago, week four. The uh, the Atlanta Falcons had two red zone possessions against Jacksonville on their first possession. It didn't come until 12 minutes, 26 seconds in the third quarter. That's how long it took for the Atlanta Falcons to get into the red zone against the Jaguars on first and 10 from the Jaguars 16. Bijan Robinson ran for just one yard on second and nine from the 15, an incomplete pass from Desmond Ritter intended for a running back Tyler Algier. And then on third and nine from the 15, uh, Desmond Ritter connected with Drake London for a 15-yard touchdown pass. Interestingly, that pass coming on a fade route, which is a vertical route. First down, Falcons came out in 12 personnel, used a counter to the left side with a pulling center. Second down, 11 personnel. The running back lined up behind the quarterback. They used motion, and an incomplete pass was the result. Third down, again, 11 personnel. Running back was lined up to the right of Desmond Ritter. They used motion again. A single read back shoulder fade to Desmond or to Drake uh, Drake London, for, for that matter, uh, for the touchdown. So some interesting stuff there. Red zone possession number two came with 726 left in the fourth quarter, resulted in a turnover on downs because they were down so much they had to go for it on fourth. First and 10 from the 13, Tyler Algier ran for negative five yards to the Jacksonville 18. At the Jacksonville 18, second and 15, incomplete pass to Michael Pruitt. Third and 15, Desmond Ritter found Johnny Smith, the tight end, for a 12-yard gain to the Jacksonville 6 before falling incomplete on fourth down, intended for Drake London on another fade route. So again, late vertical routes uh, in the downs coming from the Atlanta Falcons. First down, 12 personnel with a reduced split. Second down, 12 personnel with a strong side reduced split. Reduced means 
the receivers or the tight ends lined up on that side or not all the way outside or by the numbers or outside the hashes. They're more closer to being in line than normal. Third down, 12 personnel with two tight ends lined up on the left, used motion on second and third and fourth downs. Fourth down, 11 personnel with the running back lined up behind the quarterback, a boot to the right side on that play. So personnel usage against the Jacksonville Jaguars in the red zone twelve on 12 personnel were, was used four times, 11 personnel used three times. So when they reduced down there, again, sticking in 12 for the most part, five passes, two runs, which is a little bit interesting when you think about the Atlanta Falcons roster. You would expect more runs, I think, than passes, but they passed five times, ran second times on first down against the Jacksonville Jaguars in the red zone. They used 12 personnel twice. They ran both times on first down. Both used tight formations. On second down, they used 11 and 12 personnel. They threw the ball both times. Third downs, 11 and 12 personnel. Again, they threw the ball both times. Fourth down, 11 personnel. They passed the ball off of the boot. So more 11 personnel. Once you get into the red zone from the Falcons, more passes than I think you would expect uh, against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Against Houston in week five, they had four possessions. Three of them were functional possessions. That fourth possession, they took knees on the ball once they got into the red zone to set up the game-winning field goal. Uh, not sure I love that that strategy, but it is what it is. They got the win, so that's all that matters to them. So really, we looked at three functional possessions here, right? Red zone possession number one came with 6.53 left in the first quarter. So early on in the game, first and goal from the seven, Desmond Ritter took a quarterback sweep to the left side for a touchdown. So that's the only play we have from that red zone possession. 12 personnel on that play. Two tight ends lined up to the right. They use motion, a play action handoff actually before they hit the sweep to the left side. So you see motion, play action. Heavy set, 12 personnel, uh, all kind of trademarks of the Atlanta Falcons offense that you'd expect to see. Red zone possession number two, 1257 in the fourth quarter. So from early in the game, all the way to 1257 in the fourth quarter, that's how long it took for the Falcons to get back in the red zone. First and goal from the five, Kaderil Hodge was lined up in Wildcat. Wide receiver Kaderil Hodge lined up in Wildcat, fumbled the Wildcat snapper, recovered it, took it to the Houston nine, or recovered it at the nine, took it to the Houston six, so a loss of one. On the play, second goal from the six, Desmond Ritter found Bijan Robinson for a six-yard touchdown on a middle screen where Bijan had to do a lot of work, but they made it work and he got into the end zone. First down, twenty-one personnel in a wildcat bunched formation. Second down, eleven personnel using motion and a middle screen. That middle screen is going to come back here in just a little bit. Red zone possession number three, seven minutes forty-four seconds left in the fourth quarter. Atlanta uh, still trailing, still trailing. Uh, first and ten from the Houston thirteen. Tyler Algier gets the carry. To the Houston 14 for minus one yards, second and 11 from the 14 incomplete pass to Kyle Pitts, third and 11 from the 14 incomplete to Drake London. They take a field goal, uh, which ties the game. They eventually come back for a game winning field goal. First down, 11 personnel used motion, second down, 12 personnel. They were reduced. So again, kind of in closer and targeted a flat route. Third down, 12 personnel targeted a fade. Again, a vertical breaking route on that third down in the red zone. Overall, for the against the Houston Texans in the red zone, Atlanta used 12 personnel three times, 11 personnel twice, 21 personnel once, three passes, three runs. On first down, they used 12, 21, and 11 personnel. They ran all three times on first downs, including a quarterback sweep and a wildcat. Second downs, uh, they used 11 and 12 once each, and they passed both times. Third downs, 12 personnel, a pass, a vertical pass, uh, on that third down, no fourth downs against the Houston Texans. Two game totals. The last two games of red zone offense, the Atlanta Falcons have used 12 personnel seven times, 11 personnel five times, 21 personnel once. They passed the ball eight times, ran the ball five times, which again, to me, uh, is kind of anti what their tendency, what their roster says is their strength, but it is what it is. First downs, uh, they used 12 personnel three times, 
more than any other personnel. All five of their red zone first downs the last two weeks have been runs. Two coming from tight formations, two coming on trick plays. That, again, not a coincidence in my eyes. Second down, they use 11 and 12 twice each. All four times, they pass the ball. Third downs, 12 personnel twice, 11 personnel once. All three times, pers- uh, there were passes. All three times on third downs in the red zone, Desmond Ritter targeted vertical pass routes, and it was his first read. Did not come off his progression. Did not come off his first read. Threw the vertical route all three times, third downs in the red zone the last two weeks. That, to me, is a big tendency. And then fourth down, they only did it once. It was 11 personnel. It was a pass off of play-action boot, uh, and it was a vertical route. So, again, Desmond Ritter doesn't like the vertical routes, especially early on, but when they get into their third down red zone scenarios, fourth down red zone scenarios, he's looking for Drake London on the fades and on those verticals. So what do the tendencies say? Well, they tell me that this weekend, Washington's going to see more runs than passes to start the game. But Atlanta's going to be fairly balanced using play action. After trying to establish the run, they're going to try to draw off defenders off sides, including or inside the 15 of each of the last two games. So the Washington Mayor's defensive line has to be snap discipline against cadence changes. Don't get sucked into the early patterns because they will try to make you pay for it. Both those offsides penalties came around the 12-13 play mark of the 15th play. So this is by design. Vertical routes are mostly coming on third downs. Lots of outside zone runs. Uh, 79% of their runs uh, so far this season have been outside zone runs. First in the National Football League and sweeps on included in that along with quarterback sweeps. sweeps. You're going to see a lot of flat breaking routes. Again, screens, stops, outs, ins, digs, drags. You're going to see a lot of those targeted by Desmond Ritter. I saw one rep where he had a vertical breaking route to Kyle Pitts wide open. came off of it immediately. Tried to find an in-breaking route to uh, Drake London. Double coverage should have been intercepted. For whatever reason, Desmond Ritter, especially early, does not like vertical routes. He's going to target a lot of flat breaking routes. Prefer to use the middle of the field only when using trick plays. You got delayed middle screens and you got heavy wildcat runs. That's when the Falcons offense likes to use the middle of the field. For the most part, outside of that, when they're running, they like to run to the left or that right outside part of the formation. Heavy 12 personnel usage. They spend 71% of the time in shotgun, and that makes containing during pass rush even more important. If you're Chase Young, if you're Montez Sweat, you got to get upfield, keep Desmond Ritter in the pocket. If you make that inside move, he's going to have space and time back there to potentially burn you around the outside. 60% of the time, they're using motion, which challenges your defensive discipline and communication. And in the red zone, you're getting runs on first downs and passes, mostly on second and third. And for whatever reason, they really like to run the counter in the red zone on that first down. Defensively, the Washington Bears offense, you're going to see a lot of 3-3-5, 3-3-5 personal usage. Uh, right now, going about 40% of the time. Could mean more advantageous matchups for receivers and tight ends against three linebacker looks. Reduces to The, the Falcons reduce the two linebackers just 12% of the time, meaning usually have a slower middle of the field but also a more physical uh, middle of the field, which means Sam Howell needs to be on time, give his guys opportunities to catch the ball before getting hit. The Falcons defense likes to use light boxes, so they're going to rely on initial pushes from their defensive front to stop runs with discipline in the second level to hit run fit. So if the offensive line can clear out of their initial blocks for the commanders and get to the second level, there will be room for guys like Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson to run the ball. Too high coverage uh, 63% of the time against the Falcons, leaving room underneath and for screens. Would love to see more screens out of Eric Bieniemy. The Falcons use a four-man rush 68% of the time with blitzes 24% of the time, which is very similar to Washington's own defense. Uh, so you should have a lot of practice against this, but the Falcons use more three-down linemen where Washington uses four-down linemen, which means that typically there's a four-man rush. There's someone coming from somewhere on the defensive formation. is going to be absolutely critical 
for Nick Gates and Sam Howell to identify where that fourth rusher is coming from and communicate that to the protection on the offensive line uh, in pre-snap reads on every play. So how does so those are our tendencies from the Atlanta Falcons? A lot of information. How do how do the Washington Commanders counter those tendencies? My keys to victory coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And today's episode brought to you by Prize Picks, the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They are the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports because it's just you against the numbers instead of battling thousands of other players. Including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Prize picks is really simple to play. I can make my picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds, and they offer quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and enormous selection of players and stat types are what making prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app out there. Prize picks offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday, where they take one player and they discount that player by 25%. To give you even more value, up to 25% to give you even more value. Price Picks also offers Apple Pay to give you quick and easy deposits into your account all season long. This week, I'm going with Buccaneers receiver Mike Evans to have more than 60.5 yards receiving against the Detroit Lions. Zach Wilson to have less than 195.5 passing yards against Philadelphia Eagles. And running back Travis Etienne to have more than 0.5 total touchdowns. This weekend, go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use the promo code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use the code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy. The Washington Commanders play the Atlanta Falcons this Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern time inside Mercedes Benz Stadium. Catch every snap of the Commanders' hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the Sirius XM app. Just search Commanders, and while you're there, you just might hear a little bit of a familiar voice during the game. We've gone over the tendencies, so what are the keys to combating them? My three keys to victory are as follows, and I will I will expand on these here in just a second. Run to the left. That's key number one. Not in any particular order, but I basically have one offensive key, so I put it first. Uh, my other two keys, defensive. Two, convert opportunities to intercept Falcons quarterback Desmond Ritter in three allow fewer than three completions allowed of 15 plus air yards against the Atlanta Falcons. So those three keys, let's dive deeper into them. Key number one, run to the left against the Atlanta Falcons defense. We know that Washington and offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy loves 11 personnel. They run out of 11 personnel uh, all the time. They not just run, but they run plays out of 11 personnel all the time. Well, if you look at the Atlanta Falcons history so far this season, which I know is a shorter history, but it's still history. The Carolina Panthers and the Detroit Lions had the most success running the ball against the Atlanta Falcons defense, uh, averaging five yards a carry for the Panthers, 4.9 yards a carry for the Lions, respectively, while using 11 personnel. So those are only runs out of 11 personnel, five yards per carry for the Panthers, 4.9 yards per carry for the Lions. Well, when you break down where the Panthers and Lions had the most success, they both averaged 5.2 yards per carry or more when they ran to the left side of the offensive formation. That's off tackle, that's outside zone, whatever it is, run to the left side. The Lions... Also had 5.2 yards rushing uh, against Falcons inside, but the Carolina Panthers didn't do so well uh, or didn't do as well inside. The Panthers had 5.9 yards rushing per carry right to the right side. The Lions had 4.3 yards to the right side. So really, you can run on either outside, it looks like, as long as your offensive line is doing what they're doing. But I say left side because Washington's best side to run out of in 11 personnel this season has been has been to the left anyway. They averaged 5.7 yards per carry through five games when running off the left tackle or outside left uh, outside the left side of the offensive line. So 
pair your strength with their defense, run the ball to the left side of the offense, uh, offensive formation, get that running game going early and let it help Sam Howell in the passing game moving forward. Key number two, convert opportunities to intercept Desmond Ritter. Uh, the Washington Commanders defense has faced eight turnover-worthy plays so far this season in five weeks, and they've intercepted the ball twice. That is a 25% conversion rate when facing a turnover-worthy plays from opposing offenses. Desmond Ritter has thrown 10, 10 turnover-worthy plays this season by himself. That is the second most of any NFL quarterback behind Mac Jones. Oh, by the way, Washington plays New England and Mac Jones this season as well, so you're going to see this come up again. Uh, those have only resulted in three interceptions. Now, that's only 30% conversion rate, which is higher than what the commander's defense is playing at. But in the games where Desmond Ritter has been picked off, they have a minus 15 scoring margin. In the games where Ritter hasn't been picked off, they have a plus two scoring margin. That's a very significant difference, and it shows the importance of converting those turnover-worthy plays into turnovers. Now, last week against the Chicago Bears, quarterback Justin Fields had zero turnover-worthy plays largely because of terrible coverage, terrible communication, and terrible discipline by the secondary. No pass rush up front, leaving targets wide open. So that's really the first step to this key, right? Like the key to achieving this key is play solid and sound discipline in your coverage and get some pressure on the quarterback. But when those turnover-worthy plays come up, you have to convert them into takeaways. Key number three, keep Atlanta under three pass completions of 15-plus air yards. An explosive play in the passing game is considered 20 yards or more. A lot of those only travel about 15 yards through the air, and then you get about five yards on the ground or more. Now, you could reduce this like 12 yards, 10 yards. I went with 15 yards because basically a 15-yard air yard completion is most likely going to be an explosive play. Teams have thrown passes against the commander's secondary this season, traveling 15 or more air yards 36 times this season. They've completed 18 of those, which is 3.6 per game on average and 50% completion rate, and they've gotten 600 yards, which is 33.3 yards per completion of passes traveling 15 or more yards through the air. And they've also thrown six touchdowns, which is a 1.7% touchdown ratio, which is not, for the season, you would love to see your quarterback over the 2% mark. 1.7 is almost 2% on just on deep shots alone. And they've only been intercepted once. That's 0.03% interception. It's terrible. And Washington has dropped two interceptions on those 36 deep passes. You could have three interceptions, but they've dropped two of them. Now, Washington has faced the sixth most pass attempts of 15 air yards or more corner sports info solutions, but they ranked third. They rank currently third most in catchable passes, sixth most, most, sixth most in passes caught, their most in yards surrendered, most in touchdowns surrendered, ninth most in interceptions, second most in dropped on interceptions, fourth most in passes defense, and third most in air yards intended. So teams are throwing on them a lot, and they're giving up a lot of offense. The only the only stat category ranking that I just rattled off to you that is a positive is fourth most in PBUs. But they're ninth most in interceptions, which means a lot of times you're either getting a deflection or you're getting a completion, and those completions are turning into yards and touchdowns. Week one and two of this NFL season, where the Washington Mayors won, the Washington Mayors defense allowed six completions of 15-plus air yards or more. 15 air yards or more. That's three per game. They allowed two touchdowns on those same types of plays. That's one per game. Weeks three, four, and five, they've allowed 12 completions. So they're three straight losses. They've allowed 12 completions, which is four per game. It's one more per game on average, and they're allowing 1.3 touchdowns per game. So that increase is coinciding with the losing streak. It's not the sole reason for it, but it is a big reason for it. So again, those three keys, 
run the ball to the left side, convert opportunities to intercept Falcons quarterback Desmond Ritter and, and allow fewer than three completions of 15-plus air yards uh, against the Atlanta Falcons. For the game, game status report, the commanders are going to be without Christian Holmes. F.A. Obata, the defensive event, is questionable coming back off of IR just this week. So now you've got no Derek Forrest, no Jeremy Reeves, no Christian Holmes in that secondary. A lot of guys are going to need to step up. The Falcons were concerned about offensive tackle Caleb McGarry, with, who's dealing with a knee injury, uh, but he is a full go for Sunday. So the Falcons are about as healthy as they could expect to be. My prediction this weekend, Washington, 23-17. to 17. I'm um, relying on these coaches. I, the, the roster is talented, guys. I'm, you know, they haven't been executing. I'm going with what should happen. Hopefully, it's what will happen. Coming up, I'm going to be going live following the Commanders' win over the Atlanta Falcons. So make sure you come back for that Sunday evening, afternoon, uh, well, early evening, and uh, that'll be on my Monday episode. In the meantime, if you got questions or comments, just throw them into the YouTube comment section. Hit me on Twitter or become a Locked On Commanders insider and text me directly by going to joinsubtext.com. Slash locked on commanders. As always, thank you for making locked on commanders your first listen of the day every day. Every day, thank you for coming through on a consistent basis like you do. Thank you so much for making me a part of your day, part of your routine. Until we speak again, please be safe, be kind. I'll see you next time, right back here for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. <laughs>